Network presents Football Time. Hey, hey, and welcome to the Football Time Show. We're here with Achilles Rain and Week 2. We're about to get into with our best bets and predictions as we break down all the games, every one of the games. Achilles, are you ready to get into some NFL action? I, I don't know, man. I mean, you had me over here waiting on you for... Uh... Well, you made your bets, and I forgot that you make about 100 bets a week, so uh, I probably could have uh, taken a shower and gotten comfortable here. Yeah, well, I could have taken a shower too, but money needed to be made, and I had to make all those college football bets that on the Wednesday show, I let everybody know with Dynamite David, uh, all those bets had to be made, and uh, I, I must say, uh, the bet GM bet mgm interface was driving me insane today the way they do the top 25 in college football i couldn't find any of the games so finally i just went into the search and searched for each individual team well you know i told you earlier i was trying to make my nfl picks a couple of days ago and the interface is being so wonky the ui is just a little off uh not what i remember it being like but i was able to get him in that's all that matters yeah uh just a hashtag, whatever they change to. It sucks balls. Go back, please. Yes. Uh, nonetheless, I got them in, so we're ready to bet for college football, but we're ready to get into some NFL. Before we get into the games that haven't happened, Thursday night, a game that did happen. Chargers-Chiefs, you knew this would game would be close, and uh, I think it sort of played out just how I thought it would. Uh, Chargers play well. And Chargers make two or three mistakes. That costs them the game. That's basically the whole story for the Chargers. I don't know. Uh, pretty much these whole 2000s, I, I think. But certainly, of late, what would you make of uh, Thursday night's game? Yeah, listen, I was talking to some coworkers at the other job about this game and this matchup, and it actually played out exactly how I thought it would. Uh, for some reason, people still aren't giving the Chargers the love that I think that they've been earning. I know that they're not... Uh, elite team, so to speak, but they're good enough. Uh, you know, ever since Justin Herbert came into town, they've gotten really good offensively. They were lacking defense last year. They seem to have gotten better this year. Uh, so I knew that it was going to be a tight matchup, but overall the Chiefs are still Kings and, uh, you know, it kind of turned out in their favor at the end uh, because they were losing that game early on. Yeah. Um, the only thing that sort of anchored me was the next couple days. All we had to hear was about how the Chargers were actually the better team. Uh, I get that, but, you know, this is basically what the Chargers always do. They tried to do it the week before when they dominated the Raiders, and then the Raiders had the ball to drive down to win the game. So, you know, I don't totally want to hear that the Chargers are the better team. They don't necessarily get the benefit of the doubt like the Chiefs would in a game like that, where if they played better and then threw a pick six, the pick six counts. The Chargers had their own chance for a pick six, and Asante Samuel II dropped the ball. That's sort of how football goes, especially when it's a tight game versus two very good teams. Uh, I do got to say, though, you know, I think it's pretty impressive the uh, the improvement that they made from last year to this year, at least defensively. I think that last year the Chiefs would have just run up the score to the point where they were getting garbage uh, time stats. 
for the offensive side of the Chargers ball. But um, I, I think they're going to be pretty competitive all season long as long as, long as they can stay healthy. Uh, but it, it, at least, uh, you know, good sign going forward for Charger fans. Yeah, defensively they look uh, much, much better. We'll see what happens on the offensive side of the ball with uh, Justin Herbert and the, uh, you know, rib cartilage. That's going to be a nuisance all season long. It didn't seem to affect his throwing all that much, uh, but maybe scrambling a little bit out of the pocket. He might have some issues. Uh, But nonetheless, let's get to this week's game, and let's start out in the city. That never sleeps. New York City, uh, technically New Jersey, if we're uh, getting uh, real on things and where the stadium actually lies. But nonetheless, the Carolina Panthers go to the New York Giants. New York Giants, two-and-a-half-point favorites here. Um... Pretty difficult game to call here because Carolina played a pretty solid game versus Cleveland. Um, Probably should have won that game. Did not win that game. And the Giants, um, solid would probably be kind to say the kind of game they played versus the Titans. But okay game versus the Titans, but somehow found a way to win. How do you see these two teams? I'd say pretty much on an even level here of mediocrity playing out. Uh, listen, I would say so. Uh, you know, I normally like to look at their previous, you know, three or four games uh, going into the previous season. But, you know, everyone likes to overreact after week one. And I think us included, uh, you know, we kind of uh, look a little too much into what happened in week one. But I think both of these teams are pretty close. I do think that the Panthers probably have more talent, uh, more established talent. Um, their issue has always been health, obviously, with McCaffrey. But if if he's a full goal, uh, I think that they're a better team than the Giants are at this current moment. Now, I know the Giants, you know, came out on top versus the Tennessee Titans. So it seems like part of that overreaction from last week, it's going into this line because I, I don't see how the Giants can be favored in this game. Um, and, and you know me, I've been a defender of the Giants for several seasons, uh, but I just don't see how they can be favored. I thought that the Panthers uh, made a few mistakes that cost them the game last week versus the Browns. But I think overall they had a pretty solid game. I mean, for week one of the NFL, you know, new quarterback and some new players in the system. I thought they did a pretty good job. So I, I, I'm trying to wrap my head around how the Giants are favored in this game. Yeah, uh, the one thing I can only think of is you watched Carolina's defense struggle uh, against the run and Nick Chubb, and maybe uh, with the uh, life that Saquon Barkley showed, they're a little nervous that the Carolina's going to struggle against the run. You know, I want to see a couple more games from Saquon Barkley before I I start going, he's all the way back. Uh, You know, one game, I'm not ready to make an overreaction. I, I think Defensively, Carolina will be able to score a handful of more points. I would lean Carolina here. I don't have a play overall on the game. I just, you know, I don't think I trusted Carolina enough from what I saw in that Cleveland game that they won't, you know, sort of blow it like they did before. And we got, we both got a little lucky with that game hitting on the, uh, you know, two number instead of the three number as we both had plus two and a half. So I was sort of a stay away, you know, game-wise in this one. I've got a couple plays in this game, and there's a couple that I like, okay? And I'll tell you which ones I like, and I'll tell you which ones I'm actually going to play. I'm actually going to go ahead and I'm going to play the Carolina plus two here. Um, Even though I I do like the Carolina money line, at that point you're getting a little bit of juice at uh, plus 105. So you're getting, you know, instead of that uh, minus 110, you're getting a little extra juice. 
uh, and realistically speaking, a two-point uh, spread here, I mean, it's rare, but it, I guess it does happen. Uh, I also like the under here. I know that both of these teams had some success last week uh, during week one uh, offensively scoring the ball, but I, I think that the tempo slows down a little bit here. I think both these teams are looking to run the ball um, and establish the run first, and if they can do that, then I think that it'll be a low-scoring affair, but I still think the edge goes to Carolina, in my opinion. Um, a couple other bets that I've got here. Um, I've got uh, Anderson, uh, anytime touchdown at plus 160. Um, he had the most targets last game for Carolina, and he had a touchdown. Um, I like DJ Moore, anytime touchdown at plus 130. Um, but I, I like the Anderson one just slightly more. Um, I think that the Barkley McCaffrey ones just have uh, very little value. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a, a solid play, even though I think they're going to be heavily featured here. Uh, I'm just going to stay away from those. But uh, again, I'm going to take the uh, Carolina plus two and the under 43 and a half. Yeah, I, I got two plays, but they're, you know, individual player plays. I got DJ Moore anytime touchdown. I thought the value of plus 160 was pretty good value there. Almost uh, two to one for DJ Moore on an anytime touchdown. Uh, I watched a lot of the Giants, and uh, I, I thought that secondary was ripe to be sort of uh, abused. The Titans don't necessarily have the kind of weaponry to abuse that, but I, I did thought they hit pretty decent plays so you put anderson you put more in there and mccaffrey coming out of the backfield and uh i, I think you're pretty good there I, I like dj Moore plus 160 anytime touchdown and then I, I don't know if every uh book has these but i found them on DraftKings. is these head-to-head -head matchups and uh this one intrigued me a little bit uh Christian McCaffrey versus Daryl Henderson, most rushing yards. Uh, Christian McCaffrey was only a 115 favorite. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Christian McCaffrey minus 115 over Daryl Henderson uh, for rushing yards uh, this week. That just seems like a a, a pretty good bet, considering I, I'm not 100% sure we even know how the carries are going to go uh, with the Rams. So, And nonetheless, I don't know if they can run the ball with that offensive line. So you're giving me, I don't know what carries Henderson's going to get, and I don't know if they can run the ball. So I'll, I'll take McCaffrey every time, certainly because I'm assuming he's probably going to get a, an uptick in, in carries as well. Not to mention when he's healthy, he's uh, definitely a more talented back. Yes. I didn't want to go there. I figured that one was <laughs> It's okay. Uh, it's all right. Listen, after last week, there's really nothing that can hurt me right now, so uh, we're all good. Well, you keep that in mind because there might be a lot of these head-to-head -head bets uh, coming with the likes of Daryl Henderson and Allen Robinson and such. All right, let's move on to our next game. Huh? New England Patriots versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers still getting a point and a half here. Uh, two straight games where they come in as underdogs one underdogs at home is there enough faith in you to grab the patriots here as a favorite on the road after what you saw last week uh, especially since uh, you know they say mac jones isn't hurt and he's not on the injured list but uh he went from back injury to missing you know four to six weeks to all of a sudden playing that that can't be all made up in our heads here uh, and I mean, even if it's true that he's not hurt, he played like he was hurt. <laughs> I mean, he just didn't look good last weekend. Now, granted, it's, it's against the divisional opponent and the Dolphins, but even then, you know, week one, you expect a lot of, uh, you know, loose play from, from both sides, uh, both teams facing each other. And I still think that New England didn't show enough offensively for me. Uh, so I can't ride the, the, uh, the, the Patriots in this one. I actually have to go with, 
with the Steelers, and I know that they lost their star defensive player in uh, in Watt when he uh, injured his pec, but I think that this defense is still solid enough that, based off the way that New England played last week, they can they can cause fits for them. Uh, and if that's the case, getting points, I know it's not a lot, but give me the dog, give me Pittsburgh. I even actually, I'll tell you what I like here. Okay, uh, at Pittsburgh plus two is what I originally got it at. I actually ended up uh, taking Pittsburgh money line, which bumped it up to 110. Uh, plus 110, I think that there's enough value there so that you can take a flyer on it. Um, you know, I, I considered doing an alternate line of 2.5, but that just boosted it up to 125, and I didn't think that there was enough value, so I'd rather just take the money line straight up. Um, I, I also kind of like the first half for Pittsburgh. It's at, at half a point. So basically, it's just who's leading at the half. It doesn't matter what it's by. I, I think Pittsburgh... If they're going to win this game, they're going to have to get up pretty much early on, especially with the fact that they don't have Watt. They're going to, they're going to have to try and get ahead early and then try and keep their defense uh, within uh, striking range to win the game. Uh, a couple other bets that I like here. Uh, I like Pats under uh, 20 and a half points for the game at minus 110. Not great value, but if they show up like they did last week, uh, it wasn't very good. So I, I like that one. And also like uh, Najee Harris, who didn't play very well last week, but I feel like they're going to try and feature him more. And if the uh, Steelers are going to win this game, they're probably going to have to rely on the running attack, which the Patriots do a pretty good job at stifling. But I do like Najee Harris to score anytime touchdown at plus 110. Yeah, I got a couple in here. I found the Steelers at two and a half. Uh, so uh, I, I grabbed that number. So Pittsburgh plus two and a half. Uh, I got 125 on that one. And then Mac Jones interception, uh, still even money. Uh, I, I know Mac Jones started, uh, you know, his career being the safe quarterback without throwing many interceptions. But, uh, you know, towards the tail end of last year. And, and then in week one, I also had Mac Jones with an interception. And I think that's good value. As long as they aren't waiting that and it's still even money, I still think uh, pressure will come uh, from the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've always been able to sort of plug and play outside rushers. Now, not to the level of T.J. Watt, but, you know, they have other guys on the outside. Uh, you still have Hampton sitting there in the middle, you know, eating up uh, blockers, and you got Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, in the back, you know, saving things for the secondary. So I, I look for the Steelers here getting points at home uh, versus Patriots team. I, I think they'll cruise. So Steelers plus the two and a half for me and Mac Jones uh, with an interception in this game are the two bets uh, straight up. Now I got a couple of, you know, stuff involved in parlays and teasers, uh, a couple going your way, like rushing uh, stats too. So uh, let's move on to uh, one of the big games in the NFC South, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. Uh, New Orleans Saints getting two and a half points here. I guess they saw enough from Tampa Bay last week where they're good enough to make them favorites in New Orleans, though they have not been able to beat New Orleans in, I think it was three years. I think uh, Tampa Bay is uh, like 6-0, and uh, or not Tampa Bay, New Orleans is 6-0 and versus Tampa Bay. Uh, in the regular season, of course, there was a playoff game that, uh, of course, they lost. So, uh, uh, But nonetheless, Saints getting two and a half points here. What was your thinking here? Are you just uh, thinking Tampa's a little bit better than this New Orleans team, which looked pretty bad for, you know, three-fourths of the game versus Atlanta before, you know, finding a lot of rhythm and going on? Or has New Orleans found that rhythm and is going to continue to dominate Tampa here? 
I, I mean, listen, I, I hope that they continue with that rhythm because uh, based off of last week, they started off really slow and they started to pick up the pace as the game progressed and, and they were able to uh, manage to pull off a comeback win. But I, I don't know what the line currently sits at. I haven't looked at it uh, since the news came out that Kamara's probably not going to play. But I would assume that that would have shifted the line a little bit uh, in favor of Tampa Bay, even though there's already uh, favorites on the road, uh, which gave me a little bit of a pause. Uh, I don't really have a play for this matchup. Um, I, I do have one potential play that I like, um, and that's Jarvis Landry over 50 and a half receiving yards, minus 115. You know, last week he had the most targets and yards uh, in the entire uh, receiver receiver room. So uh, I think he's got a good shot. It seems like they really like him. Um, and, I, you know, they're obviously going to have to throw the ball, uh, especially going up against a Tom Brady team. Uh, you're going to have to stay within range to try and win the game. So if they come out looking like they did in that second half, then I feel like that one's got a good shot of hitting. Uh, but otherwise, uh, there's really nothing else that I like in this game. Yeah, I, I'm just going to ride the Saints, uh, you know, whatever plus number they get at. Uh, I assume it probably jumped about uh, uh, probably four with the news about Kamara. But, uh, you know, that plus number, I'm going to take it just because the Saints have been able uh, to cause distress. I didn't think Tampa Bay's offense looked all that good. Uh, defense is a different story, but once again, we don't know how much of that was the terrible Cowboys as well. So I'm and also, try, I think yeah, I think Godwin's not playing in this one, right? Yeah, Godwin's I think he's out, sending this one so, out. I mean, I, I don't look to have Leonard Fournette rush for, you know, 150 yards uh, versus this Tampa Bay team. So, you know, I, I'm just curious if they can still get after Brady. Now, the question, can they find enough points, especially if Kamara's not going to play on this Tampa Bay Bucks team? But uh, we'll see what it is. So that plus number and then... I'm also going to take the Jameis Winston interception. Uh, you should probably just do this. <laughs> That's usually a good one. <laughs> <laughs> now, this one's weighted a, a little bit at minus 140. But nonetheless, I can pretty much guarantee you every week he plays, you're probably going to get an interception. So if you play it pretty much every week, uh, you're in good shape. So uh, Jameis Winston interception minus 140 as well. So New Orleans uh, with the plus and then uh, – Jameis Winston, INT for me. All right. Uh, the game no one is looking forward to. New York Jets versus Cleveland Browns. Uh, Cleveland Browns, five and a half point favorites. And uh, to be honest, I have no action on this game. And I have very little interest in having action in this game other than you all have decided it's going to be one of our DraftKings uh, top five no, selections. you guys decided. No, you gave me a choice between awful and even worse. So uh, Yeah, listen, I, 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 I'll i just put this out there for the record. As I was walking away, Dynamite did say, hey, he thinks he likes this one better, but that's neither here nor there. They were both awful picks, so... Uh, I, I do have one play, and now, mind you, I'll let you know right now, it's a bit of a long shot. Um, but I, I, there's nothing else I like in this game. Uh, I didn't like the individual numbers for Nick Chubb to score an anytime touchdown or for uh, uh, Kareem Hunt to score an anytime touchdown. So what I did is I stay, I won game parlayed both of them to have an anytime touchdown. Uh, and that actually gave me plus 310. So I felt like, well, okay, that's got some juice. And if – if this uh, Cleveland team's going to win, I think that they're going to win uh, behind a strong, solid running attack. Uh, 
I don't trust their passing attack so much right now. Not at least until they get their main quarterback back. But going up against the Jets team, the Jets team, there are no pushovers. Listen, defensively, I know they're not great, but they did a pretty good job at stopping the run. Uh, and, and we saw last season they had their moments where they played really good, solid defense. Their issue right now is that they can't get anybody to score. So I think that Cleveland's going to try and pound the rock all day long. And we saw last week there was a lot of love for Hunt and there was a lot of love for Chubb. And if that's the case, I could totally see a scenario where they both get a touchdown. Plus 310, I mean, what do you got to lose? Five bucks on it? Yeah, uh, I got nothing on this game. Um, I'm curious to see if the Jets can play a little better and a little smarter because uh, I, I think – Everybody knows what you're getting from the Browns because it's going to be Chubb and Hunt. They're going to try to avoid passing at all cost with Jacoby Bursett back there, which is pretty much what the Browns did last week. They got away with it. Uh, I think Armory Cooper had like, uh, you know, three targets total. So they aren't looking to pass the ball. So, you know... I will say the Jets need to come up with a different game plan if they're going to let Joe Flacco throw 60 times a game on this Cleveland Brown team. Um, they're going to be in for a world of hurt. One, because he's probably going to be sacked, uh, you know, 70 times by this front line. And then two, uh, I, I think the only true skill position guys the Jets have is a couple running backs. So nonetheless, nothing for me. I, I just... I, I the number at five and a half. I, I'm not going to be aggressive taking Jacoby Bursett at five and a half because if they get behind, I just don't see a way for them to get back in it. And there is zero chance I'm taking the Jets at any number right now that doesn't come in and around two touchdowns. Yeah, you know you're you're uh, you're definitely not taking Cleveland at minus five and a half. When I looked at it, they're at six and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely not taking that. <laughs> yeah, no way. And like I said, I don't approach the Jets until, uh, you know, week five when they start getting the two touchdowns, and then I'll start becoming a Jets fan again. All right, uh, one of the best games on the weekend, uh, Miami Dolphins at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Baltimore Ravens minus three and a half here. I will say... Looking at this game, something really, really wants me to take this Baltimore Ravens, uh, you know, team at this line. I feel like the Ravens can blow this game out, but uh, I just, I, I'm not aggressive enough because I'm scared Miami might be able to make one or two plays. So uh, how did you go about sort of looking at this game and trying to handicap it? Because, you know, I, I keep coming back and looking at the spread and like, take Baltimore. Baltimore is a smart play in, you know, by week 10, you, you'd be loving Baltimore getting minus three and a half at home versus Miami team. But uh, yeah, I, I'm just a little gun shy right now. Listen, I'm on the exact same boat that you're on. I, I, when I was looking at that line, it's really intriguing. It's really tempting to take Baltimore at minus three and a half, but you look at this Miami team and they're very quietly good. Okay. And they've done this over the last few seasons where they, they don't look flashy. You look at their stats and you're like, eh, eh, they're okay. Or they only beat this team because it's this team they're going up against. But this Miami team has is, is been solid, and they've been solid for the last few years. They're just not very flashy, which is why we don't really take them into account. So that's the part that got me, uh, as you said, a little gun shy. Uh, it made me kind of fall back uh, from, from being so gung-ho on taking Baltimore minus three and a half. But 
there was another play that I did like, uh, just based off the way Miami's defense was playing last week, the way Baltimore defense was playing last week. I like the under 44 and a half. I feel like this game can, I know that there's some big play guys, especially on the Miami side of the ball with Waddle and, uh, and Cheetah, but I, I feel like Baltimore's defense is good enough to where they know how they're going to, they're going to be attacked and they can at least slow it down. I don't know if they can stop, but they can slow it down and they can slow it down enough to where the score is going to be somewhat limited. Uh, but I do like some other plays here. Uh, I'm going to take uh, uh, the under here at 44 and a half. Uh, but I also have a couple that I want to throw your way, see if uh, if you might bite on any of these. Uh, Lamar Jackson, anytime touchdown at plus 160. Uh, he only carried the ball six times last year, last week, and I know it's not what we're used to seeing, and he might be a little more conservative this time going up against a, a pretty good uh, Miami defense, but there's always a chance with him to get out and score a touchdown, so I kind of like that one. Uh, I got Jalen Waddle anytime touchdown, plus 140. Uh, I've got uh, Lamar Jackson to score and the Ravens to win at plus 200. Uh, Ravens money line and under 42.5 at plus 240. Yeah, I just... There were a couple of those that I, I think are good plays. I really didn't have a ton for this game. The only thing I had was the uh, Tyreek Hill anytime touchdown at plus 160. He didn't find the end zone last week. I, I think they'll try to look for him to find the end zone this week. And, uh, you know, Baltimore didn't give up much to the Jets, but they did give up a passing touchdown. So, uh that was my researchical logic that maybe Tyreek uh, gets off uh, because Baltimore gave up a meaningless touchdown with a minute to go. For that, that's why you get paid the big bucks, buddy. <laughs> that's that's why we spent eight hours researching our picks this week, and that's what I came up with with the Tyreek Hill anytime touchdown. So not much for me. Uh, I... I I probably will enjoy watching this game more than I, I did betting on it just because I, I just I can't quite grab the Ravens. Maybe by, you know, Sunday at 1245, I've had enough time to talk myself into it, but uh, I, I just couldn't quite do it. I know it sounds crazy, but if it was just a one-point difference, if it was a Baltimore minus two-and-a-half, I'd feel more comfortable taking that than I would three-and-a-half. And I know it sounds crazy, just one-point difference, but – it's just I think these teams are actually a lot closer uh, than than we than we actually believe they are. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think it's that hook probably is what just scares me off enough. All right, uh, this one should be a fun one to talk about because uh, everybody I, I must say is on the Lions. So. Washington Commanders go to the Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions are two-and-a-half-point favorites. And I must say, I am one of those on the Lions. Uh, the Lions are a little less. I, I will say I got them at one-and-a-half. So, you know, even then, I, I'm still, uh, I, I guess, giving in to the sort of media propaganda here and believing that the Lions can win this game. So, uh you tell me how the Lions are going to win this game and why anyone should, I don't know, in the 70-year history of the Lions be taking the Lions as favorites at any point in time? Listen, okay, I'm going to blame HBO for this one, all right? Now, unless somehow down the line we get HBO as a sponsor, then I love HBO and I love Hard Knocks. Uh, but I'm going to blame HBO on this. Uh, every year I watch Hard Knocks and – 
there's something about the team that's featured that I always end up liking. Um, and, and this year, you know, the Lions, they, 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 I don't know, man, something about the Lions, a team that's been so bad for so long, and, and you just see them struggling to try and get to a good spot, and it feels like this might be it, like they might be turning the page, and nope, they're just as bad as they were last year. But this year feels a little bit different, and I don't know what it is. Uh, I, I can't put it into words for you, okay? Now, I, I sent uh, Wifey a text message earlier today, some stat I heard on the radio on my way home. Uh, I'm trying to find it here real quick. Oh, this is the first time in 24 games that the Lions have been favored. Now, I got him at minus one and a half, and I like Detroit at minus one and a half. Uh, but what I ended up doing was I actually ended up taking an alternate spread. Um, I took the Lions minus two and a half, which gave me a plus 100. And if that wasn't enough, I parlayed that with uh, a Hawkinson anytime touchdown, which had another 155 for a plus 320 total. Now, I know that, you know, you'd probably want to play those straight if I were you, but I like to throw a little extra risk in the game here. So, I can't give you my reasons for why I think the Lions are going to win other than I think that they're far better than this Washington commander team. Now, I know Washington won, but I really don't think that they're that good. I think it was just a fluke of uh, week one. Um, so I'm just going to ride the Lions in this one at minus two and a half alternate line, uh, plus 100. And I'm also going to take the Hawkinson anytime t- uh, touchdown for a 155. Yeah, uh, I-, I got a couple plays here in this one. Uh you mentioned it. I, I'm going to ride the Lions here. Detroit Lions minus one and a half. I get 250 on that one. I got uh, a, a fun little combo package here. I got Carson Wentz over one and a half touchdowns. Uh, from what I saw from that Detroit Lions defense and uh, the way Washington came out and threw the ball uh, in that game uh, last week versus Jacksonville. Uh, Probably sort of similar defenses. Uh, aggressive can sort of get to the pass rush, but also can be hit. So Wentz over one and a half touchdowns at minus 120. But uh, as with Jameis Winston, Carson giveth, Carson taketh away. So I have Carson Wentz with the interception as well. So uh, we, we got Carson over one and a half touchdown passes, but we also have the interception to sort of protect ourselves, and probably also going to hit that nice little combo package because, you know, two for two, two for one. I think he had four and two last week. Uh, it, you're pretty much going to run the gamut here in that one. So Lions for me, minus one and a half. Wentz over one and a half touchdown passes and Wentz uh, with the INT for me. All right, let's move to the AFC South. Uh, Indianapolis Colts at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars, I thought, played a pretty good game versus those Washington Commanders. Probably should have won it. Dropped a couple touchdowns. Didn't make, you know, the crucial plays that win games. Uh, And Washington hit basically a 60-yard field goal to win the game. So... Colts go there, didn't look good versus the Texans. Uh, you know, this is a rematch of that uh, Week 18 game where the Colts just had to win to get in the playoffs. They did not. Uh, what are you looking at here as the uh, Jags were uh, four-and-a-half-point favorites? Or Listen, uh, underdogs? I actually got the line at three-and-a-half, and I have to say that, you know, out of two teams that I was kind of hoping for a good start for last week, both of these teams uh, disappointed, in my opinion. Uh, both of them could have won the game. I think both of them should have won the game, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, for this week, go, them going up against each other, I actually like uh, Indy at minus three and a half. That hook scares me a little bit, but I think that Indy's uh, running attack 
can do enough to keep him out of reach and maybe get like a two field goal or, or a couple uh, touchdown field goal win. Um, so I'm just taking uh, Indy at minus three and a half here. But there's a couple other plays that I do like. I do like Hines anytime touchdown at plus 180. He looked very explosive last game. I know that the numbers aren't amazing, but he looked explosive. And I, I like some of the uh, some of the plays that I saw from him. And uh, I also like the uh, Christian Kirk anytime tease. That's something I never thought I would say. Uh, but I, I like the Kirk anytime TDF plus 155. He had 12 targets last week. Now, I know a lot of that had to do with the fact that they were in the very competitive game, so they had to throw the ball a lot. But I, I think this is going to be what we expect from, from Jacksonville. It's going to yeah. be them being either close or getting blown out. And either way, you're going to have to throw the ball. So uh, just as many times as he got targeted, it feels like there's good chemistry between him and the quarterback. So uh, plus uh, 155 anytime TD for uh, Kirk. I think that's a pretty good value. Yeah, I, I got a couple of Christian Kirk ones in my prop section. Uh, I got a couple bets on this one. Uh, Matt Ryan interception uh, with the pass rush that the Jags showed last week. Uh, you know, Matt's uh, sort of statuesque back there. I, I think the Jags can pressure him into, a, you know, a throw that uh, gets a pick, uh, much like the Jags did a couple times with Carson Wentz, uh, you know, so I, I like that. That's also at plus 120 for the Matt Ryan interception. So I, I really like that one. Then I got two others. Uh, anytime touchdown, Trevor Lawrence. I, I do think uh, it, it's good to keep playing that one. I, I know it didn't hit last week, but his big body, you saw it. He, he made a run on the goal line. Uh, you know, it was maybe uh, – First from the uh, eight, and he made that run, and he got out at about the two. Uh, you know, he's a big body who can move. So I, I think you keep playing that, and as long as it's sitting in the five, six to one, uh, you'll probably hit that one of these weeks, and you'll probably hit it more than once. So uh, that would be good value. A and then I just got a long shot. Trevor Lawrence, uh, first touchdown score is at 30 to one. So uh, Trevor Lawrence, anytime touchdown at 550. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, first touchdown score at uh, 30 to one. So uh, maybe you can grab that one. I, I think Lawrence is going to get a couple rushing TDs here. So I think as long as they sit in the five, six, uh, you know, to one range, keep playing those. And Ryan on the interception, uh, nothing on the game. I just... I'm a little scared what we're going to get from the Jags is similar to what we got where they probably should have covered, but they didn't cover. And I just, I didn't want to do that again this week. If I was going to take something, it would definitely be the points because it just seems like the Colts do this every year where, you know, they start out slow and we're, you know, in game five, six, and they're, you know, two and five, they're three and six, and we're like, eh, the Colts, and then they go on this run. So, you know, they started slow again in that Houston game, and so I, I'm not really going to be aggressive on that until I see them put together a couple good games. All right, let's go to your boys out west. The Los Angeles Rams are playing the Atlanta Falcons, and I must say, uh, this line highly disturbed me. Ten and a half <laughs> points uh, for the Los Angeles Rams. I, I don't know how you watch that game on Thursday night and go, you know who we're making a double-digit point favorite? The Rams. So, uh... I just was stunned. It was this high. Now, you make it seven. I, I'm probably not going to blink an eye with the Falcons going on the road. But uh, to start pulling out the double digit, for God's sakes, Buffalo isn't even 
a double digit point favorite this week. So I, I, what'd you make uh, of this line? You know, I, I probably should have jumped on lines early like I normally do because uh, I got my I got a late start this weekend. I actually got Buffalo at a double digit uh, favorite here. But um, let's talk about the Rams in Atlanta here. Uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit when we were doing some other stuff, and, and I mentioned how I'm not touching this 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 spread whatsoever. Uh, for one, the Rams looked horrible last week. The offensive line looks like it's a shambles. They couldn't run the ball. Uh, but they had a little bit of success when they were able to get the run. It's just they couldn't implement it enough because they were getting smashed around by the Bills. Um, Atlanta, on the other hand, they, they were in a tough one also with New Orleans. And it, they looked to have basically left to start off where they left off last season, which is them being kind of spunky and being in games. Cordero Patterson kind of being, you know, a, a, a Swiss Army knife, so to speak. And that's pretty much where they sit now. I wouldn't be shocked if the Rams completely blow this game out of the water. I really wouldn't. And I also wouldn't be shocked if this is a one-score game. It's just there's not enough from either team here to really set like a solid foundation about what type of team we're going to get, what type of game we're going to get from these teams. So I don't have a play this game. The only one that I found that was somewhat interesting, if that's a big if, the Rams happen to follow the same game plan they did last week, which is run Hendo and keep Akers on the bench. Um, Daryl Henderson, anytime touchdown, plus 105. And again, that's just solely based off the fact that he was utilized more than Cam Akers was. Yeah. I got a whole heap of uh, plays this week. So uh, I, I, I got Falcons. I'm going to take the Falcons plus that 10 and a half, uh, you know, versus the Rams uh, for 125. I'm also going to ride the uh, Falcons money line at plus 400. I think there's a lot of value there in, in that one. Uh Four to one in an NFL game. Uh, there has to be a dramatic uh, sort of uh, width between the two teams. Then I mentioned these head-to-heads. This one really stunned me because uh, Cordell Patterson versus Daryl Henderson rush yards-wise, uh, Cordell's getting plus 170. I was uh, – I know who the Falcons running back is, uh, you know. As weird as it might sound, I, I know who's getting the carries. You saw it again last week. It, I don't know what the Rams. They gave Henderson carries, and then McVay comes out the next week and says, Akers is going to have his opportunities. So what the hell does that mean? <laughs> there I go. I'm trying to give you your... Your, uh, your spotlight here, and I forget to unmute. Uh, but I'll say that I, I read that same article um, while I was having breakfast this morning, and I was I was stunned that uh, McVeigh came out and said that he wants Cam Akers to try and take advantage of his opportunity. I'm like, what opportunity? And what what's going to happen from now on? Are we going to get the uh, Shanahan type of ordeal or we don't know who the starting running back is? I, I agree with you. I think that, what was it, plus what? Plus 170. It's almost two oh. to one that Daryl yeah, Anderson man. will outrush Cordell Patterson. And I don't think that's, you know, you go since Cordell has taken over that running back spot last year. My guess is Cordell has outrushed Daryl probably every week or in and listen, around every week. Listen, just, just based off expectations, we expect this game to obviously be in the Rams side. We think the Rams are going to win this game just if we're just going off paper. You know, if that's the case, then you would assume that McVeigh, who very publicly came out and said that he wants Akers to do more, would probably try and push Akers 
give him more carries, give him more of a workload this week. And if that's the case, it just leads less yards for Henderson. Yeah. That so was I, I the other thing I was like, okay, so are we splitting eight and eight here? Because uh, you know Henderson got I think twelve uh, last week, so bump it up to sixteen because the game's not as much of a blowout and eight and eight with you know somebody else getting one or two more. I, I just. If you're going to give me head-to-heads with somebody who I know is going to get 15 to 20 carries versus somebody who could get four, <laughs> could, could get 15, I'm just like, okay. I mean, not to mention the fact that, you know, uh, that Henderson is basically just a running back. Now, I know he catches the ball pretty good out of the backfield, but, you know, Cordell, we've got a Swiss Army knife where he's utilized so many different ways. And not just that, he, he's also a, a gimmicky, but you can use him in gimmicks, uh, trick yeah. plays and all that stuff. So he has definitely more of a shot to uh, to definitely uh, beat out Henderson in rushing yards. And if you're getting plus on that, I don't see I, – I didn't even know about that. I'm going to have to look it up yeah, after you, we get done with the show. Yeah. Uh, Allen Robinson under 51 and a half yard receiving yards. I, I was stunned that was still in the 50s. Uh, the man had two targets last week. <laughs> but it wasn't because he wasn't open. He was open. He just did, you know, the line wasn't uh, given any time. Yeah, I, I just, if, if, to go from two targets to 50 yards in, in one week, I, I, I want a little show me. So under 51 and a half for Allen Robinson. Uh, I, I'm going to take the Matthew Stafford interception just because uh, he seemed to throw a lot of them last week. I, I don't know if that's turning around. And even at his best, it, it's one of those where it's usually one a week no matter what. Uh, so Stafford, anytime touchdown, that's even money too, plus 100. So Hey, go for it. Uh, Pitts, anytime touchdown, plus 210. And then uh, Marcus Mariota, anytime touchdown, plus 240. Uh, you saw the Rams give up a rushing touchdown to a quarterback last week. Same sort of thing here for Mariota. So uh, I'm loaded up on the Falcons-Rams here. Uh, keep giving me double. You mean you're loaded up on the Falcons? Yes, I'm loaded up <laughs> on the game, but yes, on the Falcons. So uh, let's move on to the Seahawks and the 49ers. Once again, I don't really have much on this game because I just I don't know what to take away from that San Francisco 49ers Bears game. They're playing in a monsoon on a field that was basically underwater. So, you know, what do I gauge from that? Uh, you know, they were dominating the game for three-fourths of it. Two plays got hit, and then it really started raining e- even more. So, and then you go to the Seahawks. Uh, emotional game on Monday night. Can they bring that same emotion on the road versus, a, I, I say, a better defensive team than the Denver Broncos? Uh, can Geno remain consistent and, uh, you know, just keep moving the chains? So, yeah, it, it's nine and a half, which I wasn't going to touch with the Niners because uh, that that one seemed even more ridiculous than the Rams, 10 and a half. You're going to tell me you're going to make Trey Lance uh, a nine and a half point favorite, but uh, I don't think I'm quite bullish bullish enough to really grab these Seahawks, uh, especially now that Adams, uh, who was looking to finally find his sort of role with the Seahawks, uh, now done for the year, so they sort of have to rejigger uh, that whole defense that they – were, uh, you know, they were playing three safeties. They set up a defense where they could play three safeties and Adams could sort of just 
be wherever he wants to be. Now they have to go back to a sort of too high safety look. So I, I think that might affect their defense a little bit. So I, I just couldn't grab the Seahawks at the nine and a half, but there was no way I was touching Niners uh, minus nine and a half either. What are you looking for in this game? Yeah, listen, I, I'm, I'm kind of looking to see how Trey Lance looks in a situation where he's not playing a monsoon uh, and still without Kittle, because I believe Kittle's not playing in this game. Um, and before the, the Adams news, I, I'll be honest with you, I was really tempted to take the uh, the Seahawks at plus nine and a half. Um, I just didn't see enough from the 49ers last week. Now, I know that they're a much better team on paper, but I felt like I didn't see enough from them last week to uh, to call for, for me taking that. But with the Adams news and, you know, no Kittle, I, I don't feel comfortable taking either one of these plays here. Um, this was more if you're like a Seattle Seahawks fan and you just want some extra juice to watch the game. Uh, you know, you could take that Seattle plus nine and a half. Uh, the over at 40 and a half plus 300. Uh, if you're really bold and you want to just take a straight up bet, Seattle money line at plus 325. Now, historically speaking, both of these teams play each other really, really tough. Even if one's doing really bad and the other's really good, they tend to play each other pretty well, being in the same division, knowing each other so well. Uh, and like I said, two of the stars for both teams won't be in this game. So how that impacts the game, I don't know as of yet. But me personally, I'm, I'm a no play on this. Uh, I'm going to wait this out and try to see what I can get from both these teams, whether we can get consistency from Geno Smith, uh, whether the uh, rushing attack with Penny is really going to work out, how that defense is going to look without Adams, um, how the 49ers offense looks without Kittle, because I'm assuming he's not going to play. And is Trey Lance the real deal? Because the last game, it's really hard for me to judge him off of that. I, I really can't put a barometer on him from, based off that. So uh, I'm just going to watch this game and try to see where they stand. Yeah. Me too. I got nothing on this game. Uh, we'll move to the next one. Uh, another line that uh, just jumped out at me at, wow, uh, this is really aggressive for a team that we just saw lost to the said Seahawks team that is a nine-and-a-half-point dog. So uh, Houston goes to Denver and is nine-and-a-half-point dogs here after tying the Colts, who we all think is going to be one of the top teams in the AFC. So why would anybody really be aggressive on taking Denver here at minus nine and a half? You know, uh, I've, I've got a, I've got a couple of plays for this game. Now I don't have too much. So I'm not going to hold you up here. Um, I, I am on the same boat as you. I, I'm, I'm really high on Denver, but just the way they looked last week, really off putting. Uh, so here are my plays for this one. Now I'm not very bullish on this, so I'm not going to uh, recommend anyone take this. I'm just going to tell you what I liked. Um, I like the Houston plus 10. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that getting 10 points based off the way they looked against, you know, this Colts team, I feel like they can do enough to to stay within range to cover. Um, the other two that I like, I like Javante Williams over 23 and a half rush uh, receiving yards um, at minus 110. I know that you, you know, you're going into the negative here, but he had the most targets for that team last week at 12. Seems like they're going to be dumping off a lot, especially with, uh, you know, the when you can get pressure on the quarterback, it's going to be dump off. That's that's Russell Wilson's game there. Um, and if you parlay the Williams uh, with an anytime touchdown, uh, the over 20 receiving yards, you get plus 160 on that. So there's some value in that. Uh, again, not crazy on any of these, but just some stuff that you might want to take if you're considering watching this game. Yeah, the only I, – I got one play in this one. Uh, it's another one of those head-to-head. -head. Uh, Melvin Gordon is minus 105 for more rushing yards uh, than Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I don't know if anybody watched the Cowboys' offensive line last week, uh, but uh, – 
it was atrocious. Um, so, and uh, it, it's not going to improve with Cooper Rush back there. I can pretty much guarantee you the Cincinnati Bengals are going to have every member of their defense sitting along that defensive line. So he's not going to find more holes uh, now that uh, a backup quarterback who was on the practice squad two years ago is taking snaps. And uh, if you look at the breakdown last week, Gordon still ended up with more carries uh, versus uh, um, Seattle. So I know it's a split share, uh, but uh, I think you can eat that up. And uh, one of the bright shining lights, if you could say that, was uh, Taylor had like 32 carries for, you know, 150 yards. So I think there are plenty of yards uh, for this Broncos team to get uh, versus the Houston Texans. You factor that in with the line that they think it's going to be a blowout. So if this game's a blowout, then it's going to be Williams and Gordon. Uh, you know, carrying the ball that second half. So, uh, Gordon, even money, head to head versus Zeke in rushing yards. I'll, I'll take that all day long. All right, let's move to the next one Arizona Cardinals versus the Oakland Raiders. Um, this is an interesting line here because uh, earlier in the week I was pretty bullish on the Raiders, but I, I've started to pull back more and more as the week's gone on. I, I just think this number sits a little bit too high for me. I, I just don't trust the Raiders' defense enough to not give up, you know, cheap touchdowns, even if they get up, uh, versus Cardinals team, who's, I, I think, judging from last week, a really, really bad team. But uh, if anybody uh, watched that Arizona Cardinals defense uh the Raiders are going to score points here, so I just I didn't quite know how to handicap this thing. Uh, what's your feeling on it? Yeah, I'm on the same boat as you. I actually don't have a play in this game. Um, for, for a while there, I was like, I could definitely see the Raiders win this game by seven, especially based off how Arizona played last week. But there's also little flaws within within uh, Las Vegas' uh, uh, team that just gives me pause and a little cause for concern. Uh I'm a little tempted to take the uh, the over here at 51 and a half, but again, I'm not sold on any of it, and I think I'm going to be a no play for this one. Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know. We got in this, uh, you know, argument about our DraftKings picks, and we put the Raiders down, and I was like, I'm telling you exactly what's going to happen. Raiders are going to dominate this game, and then, you know, last five minutes, Cardinals are going to just go down and get two cheapy touchdowns and cover this spread, and the Raiders, you know, aren't going to care, and it's just one of those things where I can already see it happening, so I, I'm not going to wager my money on it, but uh, I got a couple here. Uh, Renfro, anytime touchdown, plus 900. If you watch the game uh, uh, last week, they, they went to Renfro down there uh, a handful of times, uh, you know, uh, in the red zone. So I still think they're going to use him, even though, you know, Adams is the main guy. And then I got two plays that uh, are for like the whole league. So Kyler Murray, most passing yards on NFL Sunday is 18 to 1. Derek Carr, most passing yards on NFL Sunday, 10 to 1. Uh, if you look at these two teams' secondaries, uh, both these quarterbacks are going to rack up a ton of yards. And then you sort of got the extra bonus here. This is for NFL Sunday. So the Monday games don't count to this. So Buffalo is. And we out. got a doubleheader. Yeah. Buffalo is out, Minnesota's out, Philadelphia's out. 
basically you're looking at the three teams that could sort of contend for this. So I think it's a pretty smart play to take both these guys with two secondaries who have looked very, very poor. You know this game's going to be high scoring. It's, uh, you know, one of the highest scoring totals on, on the board. So 18 to 1 for Murray, most passing yards, 10 to 1 uh, for Carr, most passing yards. I think that's really good value considering it's just on that Sunday. So you aren't getting Bills, Vikings, Eagles, and. You aren't getting Chargers or Chiefs either because they played on Thursday. So basically the five to six quarterbacks that you really think would be in the mix here are out because they played uh, not on NFL Sunday. So I really like both those. Murray 18 to 1, Carr 10 to 1 in this game. So those are my plays for that one. Uh, let's go to Bengals Cowboys. Uh, Bengals seven and a half point favorites coming off the loss here. Uh, of course, no Dak. I will say this still seems a little high for me because uh, you watch that Dallas game, and the one thing that did come to play was that defense. They The pass rush was there. Uh, they still got a handful of turnovers. And judging from what Cincinnati showed me in that game versus Pittsburgh, if there's a pass rush coming at, at them, mistakes are going to be made by the Bengals. And if there's one or two turnovers, that can keep this Dallas team in there. I'm not bold enough to grab that seven and a half, but uh, I, I just I didn't want to touch seven and a half points on the Bengals, uh, especially with that hook sitting there. It just I I want to see a clean game uh, from Joe Burrow and Cincinnati before I'm I'm real aggressive as touchdown favorites on the road here. I agree with you. I, I I do like Cincinnati to win this game, especially after the injury to the quarterback Dak Prescott. But uh, I'm not sold just based off. I, I know we we've mentioned last uh, last week that they have a new offensive line. They brought in a bunch of guys. They paid a lot of money to fix the offensive line woes, and it didn't seem to pay off week one. Now, granted, it was just week one, and it was a against a pretty talented division rival in uh, Pittsburgh. Uh, their front seven's pretty stout, especially you know when they know each other pretty well. So I'm not going to hold that against them completely, but I will say that that seven and a half scares me. There's no way I'm taking that seven and a half. I'm a no play on this, but I did find the uh, Cincinnati alternate line at six and a half, which is a little bit, you know, yeah. it gives you a little bit of room at minus 145. So it's not too bad. You know, if you're a Bengals fan and you're going to watch this game, you want to root for your team, maybe you take the alternate line and hope they win by a touchdown, which is definitely possible because, I mean, other than the offensive line, I think this this Cincinnati team looked pretty good. Yeah. Uh, they just they just happened to run into a pretty hot uh, and pumped up uh, Pittsburgh team that week. But uh, I I'm, I still think Cincinnati wins here. Uh, and if you do want to make a play on it, don't take the seven and a half. I think that hook might come back and haunt you. Uh, six and a half, though, minus 145. You're not losing too much juice there. Yeah. Uh, I got a couple plays. Uh, Joe Mixon over 17 and a half carries, uh, minus 120. Uh, if this game's a blowout, and even then, uh, Mixon hit that uh, over uh, even last week. So, And he hit it pretty good. So I, I think the days of giving P. Ryan, you know, eight to ten carries probably over uh, i think they're just going to utilize joe mixon so that over 17 and a half minus 120 I, i'm going to stick with the joe burrow interception here uh, i do think they can uh pressure him and you know we we saw 
crazy throws, uh, you know, and this Cowboys team is opportunistic like that. So I like that interception, Joe Burrow, minus 110. Uh, with that Cowboys defense touchdown, plus 740. You saw six turnovers last week with the Bengals. You got a touchdown from the Steelers uh, at 740. I think basically you know that Cowboys defense is going to be aggressive because they're going to assume they're going to score zero points on the offensive side of the ball, which is probably a pretty safe bet considering they scored zero uh, on the offensive side of the ball last week. And it's not going to improve with Cooper Rush, uh, you know, dealing with your uh, quarterbacks here. And then uh, uh, to go with those most of uh, bets on NFL Sunday, Joe Mixon, most rushing yards, 13-1. to 1. So uh, I, I like that one. If this game's a blowout, uh, look for Joe to sort of get loose. Uh, you saw uh, Leonard Fournette go uh, really, really hard on him. I think the Cowboys still struggle to stop the uh, run here. So they might utilize that more than you think uh, in this game. It'll also keep pressure uh, off Burrow a little bit. So uh, Mixon, most, running yards, most rushing yards on NFL Sunday, 13-1 uh, for me in that one. All right, two Sunday night Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers, minus nine and a half. Uh, from what you saw from the Packers, are you bold enough to uh, grab that nine and a half, or are are you going to take the points here in Chicago, or just uh, pretend this game doesn't happen on uh, Sunday night? Uh, I, I might be calling it an early night Sunday. Uh, I, I have no play in this one, uh, and, and I have no interest in taking anything with the Packers. And it's not because of Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers is still one of the better quarterbacks. But, uh, I mean, the way they are just dropping easy passes left and right, uh, the offensive scheme I didn't understand. I thought that they probably could have used Jones a lot more than they utilized him. Uh, I feel like that probably would have been a big difference in that game. Uh, so I'm not going to take anything. Chicago beating San Francisco last week, I, I think, was a little fluky. Um, I, I still give them respect for you know pulling off the win, but uh, I, I don't. I think if these if those two teams play ten times, I think San Francisco wins nine out of ten times. Yeah. So uh, I'm not going to jump on any of these here. I, I really have no play for for this game. There's a couple things I liked here. Uh, the Bears Packers total was 41 and a half. Uh, even if you tell me the Packers' offense is going to be good, I, I, I'd i cap it out at probably 24 points. That seems generous. Uh, so you're telling me the Bears are going to approach 20 versus this Packers' defense? I don't think so. I think 41 is really, really high. I, I don't think people have adjusted to what this Packers' team is going to be. It's going to be... A grounded pound, eat the clock team where their defense just, you know, lays waste to them. Uh, and they aren't going to, it, it might be one or two big passes in the game that Aaron Rodgers makes a throw for off play action of, you know, uh, Aaron uh, Jones and stuff. So 41 and a half just seemed like an awful lot for me. I, I bet this drops by NFL Sunday. So I'd grab it early uh, right now while it's still in the 40s. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think I'd be good taking it about up to about 38 points because I, I don't really see how the Bears get over 10. And I'm not really sure that the Packers are capable of scoring more than 24 to 26 points, even if they're playing really, really well on offense. Uh, Head-to-head rushing yards, uh, A.J. Dillon versus David Montgomery. 
I just think Montgomery's going to be in some trouble here because that uh, Packers front line, you, you saw them keep Cook in check uh, with this Bears offensive line. I, I don't see how Montgomery gets going. And uh, Dylan and uh, Jones had a pretty decent uh, split of carries, and I think the Packers will be up most of this game, so we'll get a lot more carries than we did the week before. So minus 145, A.J. Dillon over David Montgomery head-to-head, and then I got a couple touchdown props with uh, Robert Tunyon. Uh, anytime touchdown, plus 180. First touchdown, plus 950. If you watch that game, the three or four times that the Packers got on that goal line situation, uh, Rodgers was forcing the ball into Tunyon two to three times each time. So I, I look for that to continue. It seems like he's the one he trusts on that goal line. So uh, I look for Tunyon to get a handful of more shots uh, down there in the red zone. So Tunyon plus 180 anytime touchdown, 950 first touchdown for me. Okay, to Monday night, uh, a Monday double up. I appreciate them not doing one last week and then doing one this week. Uh, always fun. Three more of these to go, by the way, during the year. But uh, first up, Tennessee Titans, Buffalo Bills. Uh, Buffalo minus the nine and a half. Now, uh, Dynamite David is all about uh, history and how the Titans have owned the Bills in history. Are we writing that history and taking the Tennessee Titans over the Buffalo Bills here? Listen, Dynamite might be the master at uh, picking college games, but uh, I I don't trust his judgment when it comes to talking Titans football. He's a little biased, okay? Uh, So uh, um, I'm actually not – now, when I looked at the line, it was actually Buffalo minus 10, uh, which surprised me that it shifted that much. But uh, I I don't like the spread – I do think this might shock some people, but I do think I like the under in this one at 47 and a half. And it's mostly because of that Buffalo defense. That Buffalo defense is stout. I'm talking about they can stop the run. They can get after the receivers. They keep they keep, they keep tight coverage on the receivers and they get after the quarterback. We saw Von Miller constantly harass uh, Matthew Stafford in the backfield. And now, now, you know, you look at this Titans team, they've had issues with the offensive line. Um, they've had issues with their secondary. Some of them seem to have at least been remedied a little bit, but I don't think they can keep up with Buffalo. Now, I, I do think Buffalo can win this game. I do think they can dominate. I wouldn't be shocked if they did, uh, but a, a double-digit spread I can't take. Um, and, and Buffalo is really good, but this Tennessee team has been consistently good for the last few years, and, and I know that they don't seem like themselves so far, you know, one week into the season, but – I just can't do it. Minus 10, I can't do it. I'm going to take the under. He had 47 and a half. Yeah, I got a couple plays on this game, and I'm going to break a couple rules, Hill. You you know I don't go after these big spreads very often, but, uh, you know, uh, every now and then uh, uh, these teams pop up. There are a handful of, uh, you know, Indianapolis Colts teams with Peyton Manning, a couple of your Rams teams, uh, you know, that Patriots team uh, with Randy Moss, uh, you know, the Vikings team with Randy Moss. I I probably should just say any team with a prime Randy Moss, uh, uh, you know, uh, we're able to just lay waste uh, to teams and just annihilate them week in and week out. And, you know, I, I look at this Buffalo team and, you're talking five receivers who are legit good receivers. Crowder, McKenzie, Gabriel, uh, you know, Diggs doesn't need to be said. You got Dawson Knox as a tight end. You got three running backs, all who can sort of run the ball, catch the ball. Uh, 
you know, the line looked all right, which would be the only sort of half question. And then you add in that Josh Allen can launch He's the a ball. monster. Yeah, <laughs> launch the ball <laughs> 70 yards down the field, but also can then, you know, run a read option play and, and gain 20 yards that way. Uh, the defense, I, I just think, I just think these Bills teams are going to be one of those teams that just goes through the season, and basically every game they win is going to be, you know, by at least two, uh, you know, three touchdowns. So I, I'm just going to take a guess here early that the Bills are one of these teams, and as long as they're under, you know, uh, about a 13-point mark, I'm just going to grab onto the Bills. So I got the Bills at minus nine and a half, 250 on that. I'm just going to ride it, see where it goes. And then uh, anytime touchdown, Jamison Crowder plus 360. I, I just thought he looked real good it, it, when they put him in the slot playing against those zone defenses. Uh, I looked for the Titans to sort of drop their too high safety look and maybe Crowder sits into one of those zones and gets a cheap touchdown. Now, uh, you know, it's always going to be hard predicting other than Diggs, uh, you know, who's going to get those touchdowns because Gabriel's a great target. You got McKenzie on that quick little inside slant route right on the end zone. You got Knox, who's a huge target. And then you got Crowder, who's real smart with his route running. So, you know, you're pretty much taking a grab. It can be any of them, and it could also be a dump, and it could also be a Josh Allen run. So, But I thought 360 was pretty good value here with uh, Crowder anytime touchdown. So Bills for me, minus 9.5, Crowder plus 360 for me. I'll tell you what, if I would have if I would have got that line at minus nine and a half, I probably would have been a little more, uh, 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 you know, apt to actually take in Buffalo here. But I think 10, you know, you're talking about having to win by at least 11 points at that point. And I mean, not that I, not that I don't think they would do it, not that I don't think they can't do it. Uh, I think more than likely they'll probably cover, but I just I just couldn't pull the trigger. Yeah, uh, I, I just I would say also it's probably for the coming weeks, it's probably best to get the Buffalo lines as early as you can. By, I think Sunday, once uh, a bunch of normies come in and start betting this, everybody's just going to be, oh, Buffalo, oh, Buffalo, oh, Buffalo. And they're just going to keep pushing it higher and higher and higher uh, from what it opened at. But uh, all right, let's go to the other Monday night football game, another one that should be really, really good. Uh, Minnesota Vikings, Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles come in as a slight favorite at two and a half. Are you buying the Viking hype and uh, riding the Vikings to go into Philadelphia and win on Monday night? Or are you going to ride your uh, Eagles here and uh, see this thing through? Listen, I'm going to I'm gonna pull a Minnesota Vikings Jekyll and Hyde move here and switch it up on you, okay? Uh, I, I'm not a big Minnesota fan. I, I think that they've been so up and down over the last few seasons, especially under Kirk Cousins, that I'm always, uh, you know, I'm always very – uh, timid to take them, especially when they're favorites. But I'm looking at this one. They're getting two points. They're going up against a tough Philadelphia team, a team that I really like, especially going into the preseason. Uh, I was really big on Philadelphia, but I did see a lot of holes in that defense last week versus Detroit. And I think Minnesota's got so many weapons offensively. I know you're not, uh, you know, 100% agreeing with me on this one, but I like Minnesota money line here at plus one ten. I think that they can pull off the uh, the upset win. Now it's not much of an upset because you're talking about the Eagles at home and they're only getting two points. Uh, but I think Minnesota's just got too many different ways of attacking you, and, and this is probably their best chance at being able to take over this division with the Packers being in disarray like they are with the wide receiver position. Uh, you, Chicago is Chicago, 
And, you know, you, I feel like this is their best shot. Uh, so I like the weapons that they have. I like the way they looked last week. Even though the running attack wasn't that great, they were still somewhat productive. So I'm taking Minnesota money line plus 110. Yeah, I'm going to ride the Eagles here and that minus two. Uh, I'm not falling for the Minnesota Vikings uh, magical act here of, wow, they beat the Packers and they look great. So uh, I'm going to ride the Eagles at at home here, getting a win on uh, Monday night. And uh, I I do look for this to be a shootout. So, uh, you know, I I think both teams are going to score, you know, a whole lot of points and a whole lot of yards here. Uh, I I think Philadelphia can control it uh, with their run game, though. Uh, if, If if you looked at that uh, Packers game, they were able to run the ball on them. They just got behind so much they started having to pass. So I, I think the Eagles with Hertz and Sanders and, uh, you know, a handful of the other guys be able to run the ball on them, control this game, and then hit them, you know, with A.J. Brown, with Devontae Smith, uh, with Dallas Goddard, and, and win this game. So I like the Eagles minus two, 250 on that one. Uh, A.J. Brown, anytime touchdown, uh, plus 155. I like that one. Uh, I got a fun one. Jalen Rieger on the comeback game. He's plus 550 for any time touchdown. Uh, I, I think if Minnesota gets down there, they might do the uh, little spite move and try to throw him a touchdown. I'm not saying he's getting 20 opportunities. It might be one opportunity. He just has to seize it. But plus 550, I thought Make was, it count. Yeah, pretty good value. And then A.J. Brown, first touchdown, plus 11 to 1. That's good value for as much as he got targeted last week. He seemed to be, uh, you know, his his favorite target. So he's a big body guy, obviously a big playmaker. So I think that's pretty good value for, you know, given the type of player he is. Yeah. Uh, one more. I didn't quite know where to put this uh, in my parlays or in my random. But it, I think it was just on DraftKings. So it was some DK special. Uh, Jefferson and Brown. Uh, combined for 300 plus yards and two plus touchdowns, 16 to one. Uh, wow! I I just you know they kind of did that last week. So and both teams did not exactly look awesome defensively. So I think that at least has a 16 to one shot. Uh, you could tell me they could combine for 300 yards and two touchdowns you know, once every 16 games because it already happened once uh, last week. So I kind of like that. I thought that was pretty good value, especially in a game where we don't think there's going to be very much defense. I didn't quite know whether to put it in my parlays or not, but Jefferson Brown, 300-plus yards, two-plus touchdowns, 16-1 to for me on that one. I had a quick question. I'm looking at my notes here. I forgot to put down the uh, the over-under on this. Uh, Let me see what that over-under total was. It's at it was, 50 and a half. So, wow, really? Yeah. I like the over on that one. Yeah, I think that's a, a little low considering from what we saw. I thought you were going to say like 56 and a half or something. I think they're judging off that Packers game where they only let them three, but they aren't factoring in, you know, Watson drops that touchdown. They have a goal line stand on the one, you know. Then it's 21, and the Packers, you know, were driving down there for a score, too, right down there in the second half. So I I think they overrated the Minnesota defense a little bit uh, just because the Packers, you know, screwed up a couple plays there. So, yeah, 50 and a half, not a bad uh, line there. I'd have to make a play on that one. All right, Ty. I got a whole list of parlays 
as always, uh, let's start out with my teasers. I'm going at 10.3 team tees on this one. We're going under Patriots Steelers. Uh, the tease makes it 50 and a half. Uh, under Bears Packers, the under makes it 51 and a half. And under Jets Cleveland, the under makes that 49 and a half. And that uh, tease is minus 143. Uh, another uh, 10.3 team teaser at minus 143. We're going Bengals Cowboys over 31 and a half. Vikings Eagles over 40 and a half. Lions Commanders over. Over 38 and a half. I really like that teaser. Uh, you got two sitting right in that 30 range of two games I know are going to be high scoring. And then that Vikings-Eagles, if that can get over that 40 and a half. I like that one. So 10.3-team uh, teaser, uh, minus 143. Bengals-Cowboys over 31 and a half. Vikings-Eagles over 40 and a half. Lions-Commanders over 38 and a half. Uh, a 7.3-team tease. Colts plus four, Eagles plus four and a half, Steelers plus nine and a half on that one. That one's plus 120. Really like that one as well. And one last uh, 7.3 team tease. Uh, we're going to put the uh, Browns down to uh, a pick em. Oakland plus one and a half, Bengals a pick em. So uh, plus 120 on that. I think you're pretty good there. The only one I, I worry about a little bit is the... Uh, Cleveland Browns, because uh, you never know quite what you're going to get from that one. All right, uh, I, I got one money line parlay Packers, Bills, Broncos. Three team money line parlay Packers, Bills, Broncos. That pays plus 170 on that one. So uh, I thought that was pretty good value money line wise. And then I, I got your underdog money line special. Atlanta Falcons, Jacksonville Jaguars, two-team parlay, 11-1 to 1 on that one. So, uh, underday parlay of the week, Atlanta Falcons, Jacksonville Jaguars, 11-1. to 1. All right, next up, I, I think we had a little too much fun with the head-to-head -head stats this week, but we made a handful of parlays with the head-to-heads. Uh, Drake London over Allen Robinson and Jerry Judy over Brandon Cooks uh, for receiving yards. Uh, that equals plus 300 on a two-team parlay in that one. Uh, Three-leg parlay with head-to-heads. Christian Kirk over DK Metcalf. Devontae Adams over Cooper Cup. And Jerry Judy over Michael Thomas in that one. Three-team parlay on that one makes it plus 600 in the head-to-head -head matchup. Uh, I got a two-leg uh, carries parlay here. Bryce Hall, under 7.5 carries. Uh, James Conner, under 13.5 carries. That two-leg parlay is plus 218. And then I got a couple fun same-game parlays. Uh, Tony Pollard, over 17.5 yards receiving. And... Tony Pollard, over two and a half receptions. Uh, anyone checking in, Cooper Rush is going to be checking down the ball a whole, whole lot. And quite honestly, you probably should just put a lot on the over Tony Pollard receptions, two and a half, because I guarantee he's getting dumped the ball a whole lot. But uh, I, I think he gets over that 17 and a half. So that's plus 255. I put 125 on that parlay for that one. And then we're going to go back to the well with Travis Etienne. They targeted him a bunch. He dropped two touchdowns last week. I think he bounces back this week over two and a half receptions, over 20 and a half yards. Uh, two leg same game parlay there, pays 278. 
All right. Two-leg parlay on yardage. Chris Olive under 37 and a half. Uh, you mentioned it a little bit. Jarvis Landry was the one targeted. Then Michael Thomas. Uh, Olive was only targeted three times. So uh, I'm going to ride that under until his targets go up. So under Chris Olive, under 37 and a half. Pickens, sort of the same thing. He was not targeted that much other than a couple end zone throws. So under 30 and a half. Two leg parlay on receiving yards there. Plus 230. Another receiving yard. We're going over on this one. Christian Kirk over 58 and a half dj moore over 58 and a half that two-leg parlay pays plus 249 almost there three more parlays to go four-leg rushing quarterback parlay you're gonna like this one Mitch Trubisky over 13 and a half yards. Daniel Jones over 23 and a half yards. Trey Lance over 42 and a half yards. Jalen Hurts over 49 and a half yard. Four leg quarterback rush parlay pays plus 11.25. So 11 to one on that four leg parlay. Trubisky, Jones, Lance, Hurts all over their rushing uh, totals for the week. Like that one there. Uh, back to the head to head. Trevor Lawrence, minus 110 uh, passing yards over Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Kyler Murray, passing yards over Tua Tungvaluwa. Uh, that two-leg parlay, plus 270. And my last one, passing yard parlay on the overside of things. Baker Mayfield, over 216. Mariota, over 221.5. Kyler Murray, over 255. That parlay pays plus 525. So, loaded up on the parlays on the week. Be sure to get in on them. Uh, missed a handful last week, but I like a handful of these. Any other things for you on the uh, NFL Sunday in week two? No, man. I mean, I pretty much uh, I'm just looking forward to watching some football. I know we got college today, but I'm looking forward to some NFL. All right. Be sure to tune in to the Greenlight Network channel. Like and subscribe. Watch all our content so you don't miss any of our college and NFL games, picks, predictions, recaps, and analysis. That's our show, and we're out.